0: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: Oh, here we go. Here we go. Coming alive live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. A man who did not speak to a joint session of Congress last night. Ukraine President Vladimir Zelensky. Speaking in a sweatshirt. But don't give him a hard time because somebody from the Biden administration actually stole his luggage. Uh, we will discuss the speech heard around the world because, well, your tax dollars paid for the whole Hollywood production. So the least we could do is play you back a couple of clips from the film. 888 788 Nine nine one zero. If you want to offer your review, uh, it's a busy day. Daniel Turner will be here from Power the Future. He's going to be breaking down the winners and losers in the energy industry this year. Of course, the winners being third world dictatorships, and the losers being you. Bingo. Uh, we will also get into the omnibus spending bill. One point seven. Trillion dollars—that is financial lunacy. A uh, good percentage of which is going to, you know, gender equity on the other side of the world, and of course another hundred billion dollars to Ukraine.
2: Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan "America Last."
1: And welcome to this show, Big Thursday episode. If you were watching Failavision last night, uh, you did see me uh, on the Ingram angle with cable news superhunk Sean Duffy. That was big. <laughs> There you go. I know, crowd went wild, but I did get bumped from Waters World because Zelensky was speaking right as I came on the TV. Right? But today, uh, happy to report, I will be filling in for our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld, on The Five. You can watch me at 5 p.m. today on the Fox News Channel. And tonight, I will be classing up The Sean Hannity Show at 9 p.m. on the Fox News Channel as well. Uh, but we begin not with me on TV sucking in my gut. Making the makeup team work extra hard. I mean, it's that time of year. It is. <laughs> it's the holiday season. Uh, the champ is not playing a lot of defense.
2: You're killing yourself the way you eat. Y'all fat f. Look at you.
1: But stick with me because it really is. It's such an insane time to be alive right now in this country. The wildest thing occurred to me. I was sitting last night on the set of Waters World, waiting to do some TV with Jesse. And we were laughing because we're like, well, Zelensky's coming. You're going to get bumped. And then we're like, oh, maybe he's late. You're not going to get bumped. And then he got on stage and they started clapping and we just sat there and had nothing to do but watch the speech. And it happens. And, you know, it's one of the crazier parts of my job is five years ago I was a cab driver. Now I'm sitting here waiting for a joint address to Congress over a $100 billion aid package. And what time it starts determines whether or not I'm going to go on stage and make a bunch of silly jokes in front of 2 million viewers or 3 million viewers. In Jesse's case, the show's doing really well. Uh, But the point is, as we sat there, you know, I couldn't help at the very beginning of Zelensky's speech as he started by telling Congress that they had already won the first war against Russia, which was the information war, which was the Internet war. And I couldn't help, you know, but notice the irony of that because everyone in Congress stood up and cheered, okay, without any acknowledgement to the fact that the only reason Ukraine has an Internet right now, the only reason they have the ability to collect, disseminate information and communicate on enemy lines, behind enemy lines in some instances, and certainly in all the areas where they're sheltering in place, is because Elon Musk – The most evil man in the world, according to the Democratic Party, gave Ukraine Starlink satellite service. Were it not for Elon Musk, the information war, they're all patting themselves on the back for winning, wouldn't even be fightable, wouldn't even be a battle were it not for Elon Musk. So it's like I couldn't help but laugh at the beginning of the speech. He shows up in the sweatshirt. Okay. yes, obviously, Sam Brightman from the Biden administration is probably walking around an airport somewhere in a nice suit that belonged to Zelensky. I doubt it and being silly. But as they stand up and cheer for Ukraine's ability to communicate on the Internet and defeat the propaganda, you know, armed Russians, there was a little irony to me because every single person cheering for the wherewithal of Ukraine's Internet also wants Elon Musk kicked Out of the country.
0: That's just how white folks will do you.
1: And some black folks and Hispanic folks as well. Okay, Congress uh, is proof that dirtbags come in all shapes and sizes. It is not unique to any one race, color, or creed. Uh, Washington is full of bottom-feeding leeches that are selling out this country at every turn. And understand where I come into this conversation from, okay? I am aware that Russia is bad. I am aware that Putin is a dictator and a thug. And to be honest with you, were he to leave the planet tomorrow, it would be addition by subtraction on paper. But you really don't know what actually replaces him either. So it's a wild card if ever there was one because the guy is armed with nukes. But that's pretty much all he's armed with. As the late John McCain once famously said, Russia is a gas station with nukes. After the breakup of the Soviet Union, okay, they were no longer the USSR. They were not the Ivan Drago 1986 Russia, you know, the most fierce superpower on the planet next to us. No, the Beatles broke up. What Russia is now is late stage wings. Okay, yes, they're potent, but there's no way you can tell me that the band is half as good with Linda singing back up to Paul as opposed to George or maybe even John. Point being, yes, Russia's bad. No, they're not really going to take over the world if we don't help Ukraine. Why? Because they can't take Ukraine. How the hell are they going to take everybody else? I think he's got a point. So should we be funding Ukraine? Absolutely. Of course we should. You can't just let dictators invade other sovereign lands all willy-nilly. Yes, it is part of our role as the greatest force of good in the world to intervene in whatever way we can without putting our own boots on the ground, without putting our own men and women in harm's way. But sadly last night, there was no explanation of how we're going to ultimately avoid getting dragged further into this conflict or how we're ultimately going to put an end to the spending An end to the escalation in arming because Zelensky himself said last night, thanks for the money, but it's not enough. We're going to need more. Even John Kirby, speaking before the speech, John Kirby said to CBS, it's hard to know how or when this war is going to end. So we're just going to fund it forever. And that's my point. OK, obviously, Putin is bad. Obviously, we're not on Putin's side. But at some point, you know, you do have to start concern yourself with America. OK, our poorest border, wide open right now, is not being defended with one tenth, one millionth of the vigor that we're, you, in, in, you know, obviously defending Ukraine's border with. And understand, I understand it's a war, it's an invasion. Okay, but we still had over 100,000 Americans die this year because of the fentanyl coming across the southern border. So what's the difference between their deaths and Ukrainian deaths? Other than one was caused by tanks, the other one was caused by fentanyl being smuggled inside human cavities, sadly, pickup trucks and everything else. The point being is it doesn't seem like there's any interest in defending you, but there's plenty of interest in defending the rest of the world. And if we're going to do that, which I understand is necessary at times like this— As an American, I'm not speaking as a Republican, I'm not speaking as a conservative. I'm speaking to you as an American. At what point are we allowed to ask whether or not we can know what this money is being spent on, okay? We've spent over $68 before he showed up last night and said, we need more money. We gave it to him, and during that speech, he also said, thanks, but we need more money, okay? So understand, okay, He's not done. Okay, here is Kirby first. Clip seven.
2: It's difficult to put uh, a date on the calendar and and say, okay, this is where it ends, because we just don't know. And the two leaders talked about that today. It's hard to know how and when this war is going to end. But we want to make sure uh, that if and when it comes to a negotiated settlement, if Mr. Zelensky finds (laughs) himself at the table across from Vladimir Putin negotiating a diplomatic end, that he can do it with the strength that he needs and the leverage he needs. And that's why we're going to make sure that his military can continue to succeed on the battlefield. You gotta do better than that. Okay, listen,
1: when you say the words, it's hard to know how and when the war is going to end. Here's my question, okay, because we live in such an intellectually lazy time. You know, if you question this effort, if you question this funding, everybody's like, Oh, you're a Putin puppet. What do you work at the Kremlin? No. Okay, we're spending $100 billion at a time when we're $32 trillion in debt, and our government can't tell us what defines victory. They can't say what we're fighting for. They say, oh, democracy, the shining light. Really? Because we just outsourced our whole energy industry to a third-world dictator who is not in the democracy business. Really? We're buying all our green energy from China that not only deploys slave labor— OK, but as a president for life. So the idea that we're oh just yeah, don't question it, just cut another check. Democracy. OK, they can't tell us what we're fighting for. They can't tell us what victory would constitute. OK, the only thing they can tell us, the only thing they can tell us, whether they're saying it in English or they're saying it in Ukraine is
2: please give us money.
1: Here is Vladimir Zelensky saying after we get the missiles, we're going to ask for more. Here it is, clip six.
2: I can send messages to President Biden. For example, if it's not serious, you said, what's going to happen after patriots uh, are installed? After that, we will send another signal to President Biden that we would like to get more patriots. <laughs> We're working. That is our life. We are in war. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Uh, That is my appreciation.
1: So what is he saying? Pay up, suckers. After we get the money, we're going to send a signal to Biden that we want more money.
3: We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just they're not respecting our country the way they used to.
1: I mean, can you imagine not just I'm not trying to make this a Trump thing. I'm trying to make it an America thing. But everybody's so lazy now. Okay, oh, you just must be in the tank for Trump all the time. Blah, 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 blah. No, but the truth is, he would not fly over here and push around to Trump. I don't know that he'd push around to Obama, to be clear. Certainly wouldn't push around to George W. Bush. Okay, here is Zelensky, not speaking through a, ter- a interpreter, but speaking English in a joint meeting of Congress on Capitol Hill, saying, thanks for the artillery, but it's not enough. Listen to this. It's clip four. And your
2: support is... Crucial, not just to stand in such fight, but to get to the turning point to win on the battlefield. We have artillery. Yes, thank you. We have it. Is it enough? Honestly, not really. (laughs) Mm. To ensure Bakhmut is not just a stronghold that holds back the Russian army, but for the Russian army, to completely pull out more cannons and shells are needed
3: I mean man what in the wide wide world of sports is going on here
1: you know to some extent we are being taken advantage of is it not is it enough no and everyone in Congress is like ha 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 Thanks for being ungrateful. We've given you $100 billion. Ha, ha,
3: ha, you're putting us down. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. And
1: everyone in the world knows it. Let me just be, just, you guys got to understand, you need a full accounting of what's going on. Okay, you're living in an America where if me and my brother might go buy Yankee tickets, because Lincoln is all hopped up that the Yankees re-signed Aaron Judge. He wants to go to every game now. Okay, seeing me and Mike go buy season tickets to the Yankees, and Mikey share, my brother Mike, is he Venmo's me 600 bucks. Okay? I owe the government an explanation of why my brother Venmo'd me 600 bucks. But the government doesn't owe us an explanation for why it just Venmo'd Ukraine a hundred billion dollars. What the hell is the world coming to? Again, Rand Paul introduced the bill... That would give us a dollar for dollar of accounting of where the money is going and what for specifically. And they said, oh, hell no. Well, you're just trying to slow it down. You must be a Putin puppet. That's what you are. Straight from the Kremlin. Look at this guy. Probably has Russian dressing on his salad. Never seen anything like it. You know, and that's what they do. But the victim here is not Ukraine getting attacked by Russia. It's you and me getting ripped off. Dude, we're doing late-stage empire stuff. Understand this about Russia. Putin is bad. Do you know what Russia's GDP is, its annual GDP? It's about $1.75 trillion. We just spent... Okay, more money in an omnibus spending bill than they will in a year. We just sent Ukraine more money than Russia's entire military budget is for a year. Russia has a GDP that's almost the size of California. So, this idea that we keep propping Putin up as a justification for sending even more money because they're so evil, they're so potent. Russia is using weapons that they're buying off Iran. OK, that they're funneling through places in the Middle East from terror groups like Hamas. They're not getting top quality dollar for dollar U.S. heavy artillery. They're basically fighting us. You know, yeah, they've got some old school missiles and weapons. It's like but it's like when you go down to Cuba, the hottest new car is a 61 Buick Skylark. Russia is way behind the times. And I'm not saying we should just let them run roughshod all over the area. But I am saying you're not a bad person to ask where this money's going for, because the guy who's supposed to be doing it in Washington is the president, and he wasn't even awake for the speech last night.
2: Biden's insane. Function, from Kamala to that our threats Don't scare them Cause Putin knows it's pretend. Biden's insane Now in Ukraine Sleepy Joe, you better learn to leave
0: You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T, okay? Every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun, but are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to, okay? You can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. how about it? Nugenix Total T Testosterone Booster has testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenix Total Tea before you buy. There's nothing to lose. Everything to gain. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenix Total Tea when you text 231-231 and enter the keyword JIMMY. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenix Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely... absolutely... Absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you. If you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy, it's 231-231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting
4: enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply.
1: So the leader of a foreign government dressed in a sweatshirt waltzes into the United States Congress and starts demanding money, and then it's the gall to tell the people sitting there who are giving him tens of billions of dollars more of your money that it's not charity, it's an investment. Really, what are the returns on that? And by the way, what's the point of it? What is the goal here? What's the justification for it? Do we have a historic debt to Ukraine? Do we have a historic animosity with a non-Soviet Russia? No, no. How do we win here? What's in it for us? Isn't this our country? And where do you get off talking to us like that? Do we hate ourselves so much... Do we have so little respect for the United States of America that will put up with that, that will applaud it? Thank you, sir. May I have another? What's wrong with us? Seriously. I think he's got a point. Good for Tucker. And, and you want to know something? That doesn't mean he hates, you know, Ukraine. It doesn't mean he's rooting for Russia. We live in such a lazy time that people are willing to abandon their own rights in the name of the convenience that comes with just branding, taking the safe position. Well, Ukraine, we want to support them, so let's just, that's good. And forfeit your right to question whether or not that's good here in America. Forfeit your right to know what the government's doing with your tax dollars here in America. Because we don't want to get yelled at on the internet for being Putin puppets or something in between. Yo, we're $32 trillion in debt. If we're going to go out and spend 100000000000 billion, we're not bad guys for asking why, what for, and what the goal is. And anybody who tells you otherwise is a complete and total jackass.
3: I admire your
5: honesty.
1: Oh, did he ever. And nobody loves a December birthday like your main man, Jimmy Fallon. I, of course, uh, celebrated the birthday last Saturday, December the 17th. Jenny Fallon, the franchise QB, of course, uh, celebrated her birthday on December the 11th. We actually met on Jenny's birthday all the way back in 2003 at Hilarity's Comedy Club in Cleveland. Uh, And that was a big birthday. But, of course, the fun's not over in the Fallon family. My dad celebrates his birthday December the 26th. And my brother, Joey. Uh, we'll do a little more eating on December the 27th. Uh, he can throw it down, man. Uh, I come from a long line of land whales, half Polish, half Italian. On Christmas Eve, we have, you know, the Feast of the Seven Flushes. It's not pretty. Uh, but the fellas aren't the only ones celebrating birthdays in the month of December. My man at Priority Media, the guy who runs Connect FM in Clearfield and Dubois, Pennsylvania. Dubois, whatever. I forget how you pronounce it again. I screwed it up. I kid. And I know it's Dubois, but I'm just saying. Giving Jay a hard time because Jay Philippone has a birthday this coming Monday, December the 26th. Same day as my dad. I don't know if that means Jay will also be downing two bottles of Cuddy Sark and parading around on a Harley with no sleeves on. Uh, but if he's anything like my dad, smoking Joe Fela, he will be. But happy birthday, Jay. And uh, happy birthday in advance to my dad and, of course, to my brother, Joey. I will be off the air next week. Uh, this tomorrow show, you'll hear the whole Fela family, the Jackson three, at full strength. And then I am off. Uh, the next time you see me, will be on your television. Um, On the 30th of December, I'll be on the 5, promoting my New Year's Eve appearance. If you don't know this, I will be hosting the New Year's Eve Countdown Show. It begins at 9 o'clock on New Year's Eve down at the Wild Horse Saloon in Nashville. Emily Campagno, The Human Happy Hour, joining me for that as well. She'll be up in New York. And then at 10 o'clock, when the Fox All-American New Year gets underway, uh, you will see me in the crowd interviewing people and, of course, doing live stand-up comedy in front of about 10 million people somewhere around midnight. And uh, I got to tell you, man... That's quite a ride, quite a ride for a, a little cab driver, uh, a little old cabbie like me. And uh, thank you for being the fuel in my tank. Everybody's like, when do you sleep? I'm like, I don't. <laughs> I'm just going to keep on going. And then at one point, I'm just going to drop dead on live TV. You're like, oh, that guy had a hell of a run. And that's fine. OK, but right now, OK, I almost dropped dead. And so did you, based on your proximity to the fentanyl coming across the southern border. I want to talk about this for a minute. Because it's one of the reasons the people that are being objective observers of what's going on in this country have questions about Ukraine. They're not quite objections. We're not saying, like, screw you. Let's just let Russia have their way with Ukraine. That's not the argument. But the argument is there's a real dereliction of duty to the quality of life here in America that's getting us killed at record numbers. Okay, think of all the effort they're putting into COVID. I vaccinated, get boosted. Okay, vaxxed and boosted people comprised 58% of the COVID deaths in the most recent month available to us. Meaning the vaccine isn't stopping you from getting COVID. and it's not saving your life. Okay, COVID is something that kills morbidly obese people who eat like I do. And it kills elderly Americans with underlying health complications. We have targeted data. We know what COVID is doing. Yet they continue to push this one size fits all reaction to COVID. Why? Because they're making a gazillion dollars for the pharmaceutical industry, and a lot of it's coming back to them. In Washington.
6: This is politics as
1: usual. Okay, Fauci flat out testified to Rand Paul Hey, Fauci, are you guys making money pushing this booster? And he goes, Well, under the law, I don't actually have to tell you that. I mean, come on. He should be behind bars. And I'm not saying COVID is fake and don't take it seriously. But what I'm saying is the level of effort being put into COVID. Something that is going to be beaten by 99.9% of the people who get it, whether they're vaccinated or not. The level of effort putting it into combating that versus fentanyl that is literally killing police officers who respond to treat the people who've ingested the fentanyl. That's how potent it is. Okay, we are derelict in our duty to secure the southern border and stop the flow of fentanyl into the country. Your own border patrol has testified that they lost operational control of three sectors of the southern border, because they're all being forced to allocate their manpower and woman power and they power and them power to H.R. They're all doing processing. They're doing paperwork. They're changing diapers. Biden sucks. OK. And all the while fentanyl, something that kills just about everybody who comes across it, is completely being disregarded at the border. Here's Greg Abbott. OK. A guy who is the governor of Texas. A guy who has the same problem you do. If you're the governor of New Hampshire, if you're the governor of Nevada, if you're governor of Minnesota, okay, the drugs coming into this country don't get across the border and sing Looks Like We Made It by Barry Manilow. You understand? No, they sing Here, There, and Everywhere by the Beatles because the drugs don't come across the border and stay there. They spread into all 50 states. He
0: knows what he's talking about.
1: And right now, the fentanyl flowing across the border— Just what they have known to have confiscated, just what they've confiscated is enough to kill every single American. Listen to this. It's clip 14. Just Texas law
5: enforcement alone has seized enough fentanyl to kill every American. You would think
0: that alone would cause the Biden administration to wake up and do something about it. The leading leading cause of death of people between uh, uh, ages of 18 and 45 is
5: fentanyl. And yet, Joe Biden seems like he could care less mm-hmm. about that fact. I mean, think about that,
1: okay? Joe Biden, no, we got the border the secure. It's
2: nothing more than white noise coming from the White House. Yo,
1: fentanyl, okay? You come across fentanyl later, you're dead. Okay, you come across COVID later, 99.9% of the time, a eh, little runny nose, maybe a little tired, I don't know. Okay, but you're going to beat it 99.9% of the time. Fentanyl is a death sentence. Okay, it's not only killing the people ingesting it. Okay, it's killing the people treating the people who ingested it. It's that potent. Okay, college kids, high school kids, teenage kids, the reason I harp on it so much, I have a kid. I care. I understand the issue. I grew up in an era where you could be a real dirtbag, and believe me, we were. We put up some big numbers, Levittown Division. Nobody outdrank us. I mean, we were just a mess Okay, but the point is this isn't the 80s. This isn't the 90s where you could hang out with kids who had recreational drug habits and and grow old with them someday and be like, oh, those burnouts. Look, he's got two kids. He's like totally a different guy now. That doesn't happen anymore. People are recreationally taking drugs and dying. Okay, somebody takes an Adderall because they want to stay up late to write a term paper. They die. Okay, we're calling these overdoses. They're not overdoses. Overdoses imply that you took a reckless amount of drugs and your body couldn't fight the fight. No, no, no. These are poisonings. People are taking one thing and finding out too late that they really took something else. It's a problem, guys, and it's not being discussed in Washington because their policies caused it. They don't want to discuss this. They are at fault. Okay, the border crossings were cut down in this country to an 80-year low under the previous administration. That is a statement of fact. That is not vote for Republicans. It's not what I'm doing, dude. Okay, it is a statement of fact that you were safer, your kids were safer, the friends were safer under the previous administration. We got this new, you know, clown car into D.C., and they were like, well, police and the police in the borders racist. We should be building bridges, not walls. So we're just going to rescind all those policies like remain in Mexico and Title 42. And we're not going to build a wall. And that's what they did. They drove off in the clown car. Gotta go. And then everybody started dying. Fentanyl is the leading cause of adult death in the country. Okay? Leading cause. When was the last time you saw a fentanyl commercial on TV? Every time you get in your car, you're going to hear a vaccine and boosted commercial. Every time you turn on your TV, you're going to see, ah, oh, go vaccinate your kids. Even though we have no long-term data on how it's going to affect your kids, you'll see that push everywhere. Why? Okay, because there's a lot of money to be made in vaccinating your kids and boosting your kids and injecting that into your body with no long-term studies on the effect it's going to have on women's reproductive health. Think about how the My Body, My Choice crowd, they're not going to tell women. The government isn't going to tell us what to do with our reproductive health. Those same people want you vaccinated or ostracized from society. In fact, they were fine with you dying if you were unvaccinated. Dr. Fauci said that if
6: hospitals get any more overcrowded, they're going to have to make some very tough choices about who gets an ICU. But I, that choice doesn't seem so tough to me. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right on in. We'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy who... Gobbled horse goo. Rest in
1: peace, Wheezy. You're. Oh wow! Yeah, oh, no, they clapped. Wow, look at that. I mean,
2: you're an idiot.
1: What a loser. Unvaccinated person. Rest in peace, Wheezy. Woo! Look at us. We're better than them. Yeah. Just so you know, okay. The unvaccinated people won. They won the argument. Okay. They held out. They didn't get vaccinated, and science proved them right. They didn't need it. That is a statement of fact. Pfizer has testified to the European Parliament that they didn't even test this vaccine to see whether or not it stopped transmission. The whole argument over the vaccine is that it was not a personal choice. You were getting vaccinated for the greater good, because even though you might be healthy, you could get COVID, spread it to somebody who wasn't, and you'd kill them. And according to Biden, this was a pandemic of the unvaccinated, and you had to get it because it wasn't about you. It was about
3: everybody else. That was the argument. Because you can't build a wall high enough to keep out a, 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 a vaccine. The vaccine can stop the spread of these diseases. And so everybody talks about freedom and not to have a, to have a shot or have a test. Well, guess what? And so how about patriotism? How about making sure that you're vaccinated so you do not spread the disease to anybody else? What about that? What's the big deal? We're not in a position where we think that any virus, including the Delta virus, which is much more transmissible and more deadly in terms of non unvaccinated people, the vi- the, the the various shots that people are getting now cover that. They're, they're OK, you're not going to you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations, to spread the diseases. And so we should think of it in a patriotic duty. Whether you're, whether you're working in a supermarket to make sure you have been vaccinated so you're not spreading anything to anyone else or you're not likely to get the virus, whatever, vi- and Delta still is the worst.
1: I mean, really think about that, man.
4: That was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire inside a train wreck.
1: How many, that's four different times you heard the President of the United States say you're not going to get the virus if you get this vaccine, <laughs> don't forget Pfizer, Moderna, it's the one I've got. I got the vaccine. Okay. I live in a city where we wouldn't be, they can't employ us. If you have more than 100 employees, you, it was mandatory vaccinations under New York state law. Fox, their original policy was you didn't have to get vaccinated, but you had to get tested if you wanted to come in, which I think is beyond reasonable. And then the state of New York stepped in and said, nope, you're all getting vaxxed. And let me be clear. I didn't put up much of a fight. I don't care, okay? I am a former New York City cab driver who made his living doing comedy on the road. I have done more drugs than a retired lab rat, okay? I'm not going to balk at what I'm putting in my body, but you should. You have every right to. But understand, vaccinated people. Joe Biden just said vaccinated people aren't going to get COVID. It's about patriotism. It's not about you, spite the other guy. Vaccinated people won't get COVID. Vaccinated people are not only getting COVID, but they make up 58% of the COVID deaths in the most recent month available to us in terms of data. Yet we're still sitting here pushing the vaccine with all the fiber in our being with no regard for the fight against fentanyl at the southern border that is actually killing everybody it comes across. But nobody cares. Nobody says anything. Why? Because they don't make any money shutting down the flow of drugs out of Mexico, but they make plenty of money speeding up the flow of pharmaceutical drugs into your body.
2: Let Joe tell you how it will be. He'll fire you so easily. Because Joe's the Vaxman. Yeah, he's the va- Vaccinating one and all. from young adults and kids, real small. Cause Joe's the Vax Man. Yeah, he's the Truck trail, wax your seed. If you own a farm, he'll wax your wheat. If you're serving food, he'll wax your ease. If you're anti vax we'll let you choose. Vaxman!
0: This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Failer.
1: It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Everybody keeps asking me when I'm going to go back on the road. Hey, comedy guy, when are you going to saddle up the show pony in 2023? Well, the next time you're going to see me do stand-up is live on New Year's Eve on Fox's All-American New Year down in Nashville, Tennessee. You will see me live on stage addressing the nation uh, with the year in review, which I got to be honest with you. It's a really high honor. Like, do you know when I started out doing stand-up comedy in Times Square, me and Dean Imperial, my buddy, were just passing out tickets to get on stage. That's how you got on stage. You'd give out tickets in Times Square and con the people into coming to watch the show. That's how you get an audience for a bunch of comics nobody's ever heard of. It's called Barking. And we used to sit in Times Square six, seven hours a night so we could get five minutes on stage. That's what we did. You got to want it. That's where we started. And I parlayed that level of intensity into a lucrative career as a cab driver. Driving eighty four hours a week for about seven years, and then I started to you know pick up a little more comedy work and writing work, and in between, and eventually made my way into Fox. But the point is, we fought a hell of a ground war, and it's fascinating to know we live in a country where you could start out handing tickets on a corner in Times Square to people who had already been thrown out of the strip club and needed another form of entertainment. But that's where this thing started, uh, and it'll take us all the way to New Year's Eve in front of about ten million people telling jokes to the whole nation. It is a wild ride. Like it's not lost on me. Uh, but if you're not going down to Nashville and you want to see me in person, uh, the next dates that we have available uh, to see one another, again, you are not a fan of this show. You are a friend of this show. You will show up and run into me and be like, oh, it's the exact same guy on TV. Oh, it's the exact same guy on radio. I don't know if that's exciting or disappointing, but I'm the same dude. This isn't like a, you know, an act. It's not like a, a persona, and then you meet me, and I'm like shy and quiet. No, I'm a moron here, and I'll be a moron there. Uh, Saturday night, February the 4th, I'm doing one night at the Carson Nugget. If you're listening on KKFT out there in Reno, uh, one night. We're doing two shows at the Nugget. If you're in the hood, you want to come hang out. Saturday night, February the 4th, okay? We will also be back at Fat Cats in February, okay? And I am talking about late February. It's Friday night the 17th. Saturday night the 18th, you will see me at Fat Cats up in Utica, So if you're listening on IBX of Bill Keeler and those drunks in the morning, uh, you guys can all come by and see that show as well. And then I'm doing theater dates. Friday night, March the 3rd, I will be in Seattle at the Federal Way Performing Arts Center. It's technically in Federal Way, Washington, right in Seattle. So come by. We'll have an Antifa riot. Saturday night, March the 4th, I am at the Crest Theater in Sacramento, California. Hey, girl. Uh, April the 7th, I'll be at the Tower Theater in Bend, Oregon. April the 8th, I'll be at the Egyptian Theater in Boise, Idaho. And back here on the East Coast, April 21st and 22nd at Bananas in Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey. Can
2: you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it?
0: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is.
1: You bet it is. And we are coming to you live from the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. I always say it's the greatest country in the world. It is, but I'm going to hold my praise in this hour because we got a $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill going through. It's 4,100 pages long, and we're about to vote on it without reading it. Use your common sense. If only they had some. Uh, This is a discussion that we will take up not only with Daniel Turner, with Arizona Representative Andy Biggs as well. Uh, He is from the Fighting Fifth Congressional District of Arizona, and uh, he's ready for a fight. I'm as mad as hell,
2: and I'm not going to take this anymore!
1: Listen, man, uh, if you're listening to this show, first of all, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. You celebrate Hanukkah, you celebrate Kwanzaa. I know there are other holidays as well. Whatever you're doing, okay? Happy that. Okay, marry that, live it up. Okay, it's a great time to be alive. You're in the fun business. Life's never been more convenient. Okay, there's more technology in the phone in your pocket right now than the president of the United States had at their disposal 20 years ago. Do you ever think about that? Like when we when we uh, interview Ari Fleischer every year on September 11th, he was the White House press uh, secretary at the time, and uh, he was aboard Air Force One with George W. Bush when it was the only plane in the sky. And Ari famously tells the story of how the plane didn't get TV or Internet above 10,000 feet. So they had to have a military uh, escort fly Air Force One lower to the ground just so they could check in with what was going on on the ground. On September the 11th, 2001, the president of the United States did not have the airborne technology that you do right now if you're about to board a plane. That you do right now if you're anywhere in the country. Your iPhone literally does everything. Your smartphone is so smart that you're now dumber for having owned one. Correct the mundo. People can't spell. They can't remember directions. Nobody remembers phone numbers by heart. When I was a little kid, you had to know your phone number by heart before you left the house. Everybody just texts, checks in on an app. It's a weird time to be alive. But the point is, it's never been more convenient. Society's never been more tolerant. It's never been more inclusive. And it's a good reminder that, you know, you are in the happiness business. Your job might suck this afternoon or it might have sucked this week. You didn't get the promotion or the raise or the, you know, whatever relationship didn't go the right way. I don't know. Okay, but the point is, okay, you're still in the happiness business today, right now. On December the 22nd, 2022, your job today, getting out of bed until you go to bed, is to enjoy the privilege of being alive as much as humanly possible. That's the business you're in. Don't ever forget that. We are in the fun business. If you die tomorrow, you're just going to wish you had more fun. So live it up, okay? You can watch me on TV. I'm on the 5 at 5 o'clock. I'm on Hannity at 9. You can listen to me on the radio. Or you can go do something productive with your time. (laughs) You can get out and hit the local uh, mall and do some holiday shopping if that's what you're into. Or you want to get a to-me, from-me present and go down to the local gentleman's club.
2: Hubba, hubba.
1: The point is, wherever you find yourself today, you find yourself in a position, uh, in an opportunity to have fun. You live in the greatest country in the world. Is it run By the sharpest people in the world? The answer would be no. Oh, man. Let's get into the spending bill, shall we? Let's let's talk about this. You and your radio buddy, this holiday season, Santa, you know, showed up early in Washington and gave away $1.7 trillion. And the reason this goes on, okay, just so you understand, the reason this goes on is because we... Let it. Tell it like it is. Okay, the people in Washington are supposed to work for us. They're supposed to go to D.C. and do our bidding. But instead, they just blow the money. They bring pork into their districts to help themselves get reelected. But none of this funding, none of this spending, none of this oversight that's supposed to take place is ever done with the long game in mind, people get into Congress and it is a smash and grab that lasts 30 years in some instances. They abscond as much money as they can for themselves and their districts as humanly possible. They are land pirates. People like Nancy Pelosi that make 170000 a year but somehow have hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank.
2: Nancy Pelosi is a total
0: dingbat.
1: But she's a well-paid dingbat at that because they get their hands on all kinds of stock tips and insider trading and anything in between. Believe me, the Pelosi's aren't making $100 million because Paul Pelosi is running a driver's ed school. <laughs> And I don't want you to think this is unique to the Democratic Party because we got plenty of land pirates in the Republican Party, too. And the fact that we just continue to elect these people for their decades long smash and grab, they get into Washington and go, How much can I get? What can I make for myself? What can I bring back to the district to keep me getting elected? But the goal is not you, the goal is not the long game. Okay, we are a country, okay. which functions as a family, whether you like it or not, whether you get along with the family, whether you hate the family. Okay, the reality is we have X amount of income. We have Y amount of bills. We have what we want to do. We have what we have to do, what we need to do, what we have to do. Okay, right now we're $32 trillion in debt. What we absolutely have to do, if we are being honest, is pay attention to how we're spending money. Okay, but what we want to do is just spend it because we know it will get us reelected and people will get fat and happy off that government teat. So that's exactly what they're doing in Washington. They're not doing what we have to do. They're not necessarily doing what we need to do. They want to spend money. So we don't have it. So what did they do? They printed the money, and they spent the money anyway.
3: Thanks, big government weenuses.
1: Here is uh, some sound. Okay, here's Chip Roy talking about the spending bill. It's a three-part answer. But Chip Roy, representative of Texas, you've heard him on the show in the past, okay, flat-out explaining – how Washington works now and why. And to, you know, kind of get you up to speed on where, what you're about to hear, okay, basically about 25 years ago, we just started passing all of these bills when we were staring down the fiscal cliff. Okay, rather than passing a budget in August as they traditionally did, rather than agreeing on, you know, whatever amendments, whatever points needed to be debated and hammered out in September, which they traditionally did, Congress now waits to the 11th hour, as we're about to head home for the holidays. They threaten the whole world with, well, the government's going to shut down. So we got to pass this. Oh, the debt ceiling. Oh, the fiscal cliff. And they use the pretense of an emergency to justify not scrutinizing anything they spend your money on. Well, it's an emergency. We just got to get it through. Oh, thank God we kept the government open. Oh, gee, oh, that was a close one. They're holding you hostage by running it up to the 11th hour, and then they hand you a 4,100-page bill. And according to Chuck Schumer, I played you this clip yesterday, the Chuck Schumer clip we
2: played. Chuck Schumer is a clown.
1: Well, here he is, making that exact case that it's perfectly fine to hand out 4,100 pages 24 hours before you vote on it. Clip 31.
6: In it in a... a functional process, a drop of 4,100-page bill this morning. Expect to vote on it tomorrow. Most of Congress
3: hasn't had a chance to review this. Look,
1: the bill, bill has been carefully worked on by the Appropriations Committee for a very, very long time. Uh, most of the provisions of the bill were well-known weeks and weeks and weeks in advance. And uh, getting this bill done for the American people which really matters is the most important thing. Such an idiot.
5: This is pretty much the worst video ever made.
1: Yo, seriously, Chuck Schumer, most of the provisions, in legal speak, that means 51% of the bill, meaning the things that are necessary. The other 49%, meaning what they tack on, none of that is read over. None of that is agreed to. None of that is debated. To be clear, nothing in this bill was debated. Here is Chip Roy explaining exactly how this stuff works in a lame duck congress clip 28
4: we're down here basically in a fake debate that's what we all know i mean the truth is not like we have a body the the chamber filled here with human beings debating this 1.7 trillion dollars while we're 32 trillion dollars in debt i would be happy to why don't we actually roll our sleeves up around these tables and do the work but we don't do that we're literally down here we're going to do what 30 minutes aside, if we even do that, right? And then what? We're going to vote. We're going to vote on a rule that packages together, as I said, deeming has passed a House bill on federal agency reporting goals with a House amendment to a previously passed Senate amendment to pass a $1.7 trillion omnibus combined with a CR for an extension for a week in a lame duck Congress. Like, that's the truth. In America, people pull their hair out. They go, gosh, What on earth is happening in Washington? Well, I'll tell them what's happening in Washington. This. This is what is happening in Washington. We know what this is about. This is jamming through a bill at the 11th hour to get the political priorities of the current Democratic majority. And a handful of Senate Republicans are happy to do it so they can get pork.
1: You've got to get mad. I mean, think about it. That's exactly what's going on. They hold you hostage. They wait to the last possible hour. Well, if we don't pass it, the government's going to shut down. So let's uh, save the government. Right, yeah, listen, is there a couple extra dollars in here? Yeah. But more importantly, we kept the government open, and that's the big thing.
3: Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem.
1: Why? Because the people in government don't work for you. They work for themselves. Okay, that's what this is about. Here's more Chip Roy, Clip 29.
4: The House and the Senate has requested a total of $16 billion for 7,500 earmarks. The top requester, Senator Richard Shelby, ranking member of Senate Appropriations, with $656 million. This is a nice little send-off for the appropriators in the Senate. But the fact of the matter is the American people are the ones who get screwed in this deal. They're the ones who end up losing their country with $32 trillion in debt. There is no justification for ramping up spending an additional 10% for non-defense discretionary after all the money that's been spent under COVID, and using the Defense Department as the backs upon which you're going to place the debt of our children and grandchildren and say that, oh yeah, we're doing this for defense.
1: I mean, think about that. That's the justification. That's what Mitch McConnell got out there and said. I played you the clip yesterday. Well, uh, when you think of the priorities of the Republican Party and... The fact that we were able to take a divided House and Senate and a Democratic president, Republican majority in the House, and work out a bill that prioritized defense. They use defense as the cover because people on the right go along with it. Oh, we like defense. We like the troops. Yeah, spend money. It's like they did with COVID. We passed a COVID relief bill. If you remember, where less than 9% of the money went towards covid what a fraud that's what we do here the republicans are justifying their allocation of funds their agreement to this insane spending this is insane bill nobody's read it okay it costs trillions of dollars we don't have the money but because they tacked on the word defense it's like the inflation reduction act the inflation reduction act according to the congressional budget office does not reduce inflation But because inflation is a problem and they named a bill called inflation reduction, it allowed dirtbags in Washington to go along with it. Does it help the problem? No. It helps the people voting for the bill. That's the scam. Just like tacking on defense. Oh, this is a defense bill. And Republicans look. Like, oh, good. Well, we like defense. So let's tack it on. Sure. Here we go. Let's, uh, let's sign this money because you just promised me defense. Don't pee on my
5: leg and tell me
1: it's raining. Oh, they're peeing on your leg. They're telling you it's raining. And they're telling you the rain was caused by climate change. Here's a little more, Chip. Roy, clip 30.
4: At what point are we actually going to do the work of the American people in the people's house? At what point are we going to actually debate? At what point are we actually going to amend? At what point are we actually going to live within our means and stop writing checks we can't cash? The American people are staring at us, they throw their hands up in the air, and they wonder what has become of the country that their brothers and sisters and dads and moms and daughters and sons have fought for why do we stand in front of that flag why do we open in prayer why do we say the pledge of allegiance if we're going to rip apart the flag right here in this body in this chamber because that's what we're doing using backroom deals dropping these bills on the floor and not allowing us to actually engage in debate over these important matters ladies and gentlemen the american people are tired of spending money we don't have and they're tired of open borders they're tired of empowering bureaucrats like the FBI. They're tired of forced vaccine mandates to the Department of Defense. They're tired of an IRS harassing the American people, allegedly for more revenue. They're tired of an NIH and a CDC making it up as they go along and shutting down economies and jamming it down the throats of the American people. They're tired of an EPA and a Department of Interior restricting Americans' ability to have reliable energy. The American people are tired of it. I hope help is on the way. I'm glad that Republicans seem united against this in the House. And I'm looking at Mitch McConnell when I say this. Do your job, Leader McConnell. Do your job and follow the wishes of the American people who gave a majority to Republicans in the House of Representatives. And let's stop this bill.
1: Amen. Is Mitch McConnell doing his job? The answer would be no. Mitch McConnell, well, I'm glad we were able to pass this bill because defense. And uh, we're going to uh, read defense. Blah, 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 blah. Yo, the people in Washington are supposed to work for you and me. They don't work for you and me. They work for them. Okay? And you got to know that every day. Why is this going on? Because we let them. Okay? You can't vote for your party. you got to vote for your country. Okay? Sadly, in this moment, a lot of us got duped into voting party because, yeah, you hate a lot of policies on the other side. But the bottom line is you wind up electing the people who have what? The most Instagram fame? The most notoriety on TV? Ah, that's not the answer, okay? The answer is always results, and we're not getting them anywhere in Washington right now. You're
0: absolutely right. You're listening to the funniest show in the North Pole.
3: We all need to laugh.
0: It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And yes, Santa is coming. Uh, Andy Biggs also stopping by from the 5th Congressional Edition of Arizona. You'll hear from Daniel Turner shortly as well, CEO and Executive Director of Power the Future, to discuss the year in energy, uh, which was a little bit of a mess for us here in the country. But as we break down this omnibus spending bill, a couple things here you need to hear. Uh, Mike Lee was on Hannity last night. Uh, I will be back on that show this evening if you want some fail-o-vision. But here is Mike Lee explaining how the omnibus bill does nothing to address the number one issue in this country right now, which is the overrun border. It's clip 26.
6: This 4,155-page bill, full of Democratic priorities, does nothing to protect the border. Quite to the contrary, it contains language undermining border security. So I insisted that we have at least one amendment, up or down vote, on whether to preserve Title 42. Because Title 42 is the one thing standing between us and utter chaos. We already have mostly chaos. This would bring us to utter chaos if it expires, which it's about to.
1: Think about that. Okay, it is about to expire. And they won't even vote up or down, yay or nay, on whether or not we should enforce this border policy. Now, you understand, Title 42 is a health screening policy. It goes back to, I believe, 1929 when it was you know passed here as a potential option. Uh, And we enforced it during March of 2020 because of COVID. We were locking down our whole country, which meant, yeah, we should probably lock down our border. Uh, You don't want to let people in if you can't screen them. What's the point of screening everyone in America if you're going to let in two or three million people who are unscreened? Okay, we've done that at our border under Biden. Five million people have come into this country that we know of. So you understand It really undermines the public health initiative if everybody get vaxxed and boosted and COVID's public enemy number one. They don't care about COVID. COVID is, you know, a Trojan horse they use to justify spending, to justify control and abuses of your freedoms. And that is not a Republican talking. It's not some Fox News Yahoo. Okay, it's a a person. It's It's your teammate, your fellow American who genuinely cares about the quality of life. And the fact that it's really being eradicated under a bunch of self-serving jackasses in Washington, D.C. And somebody's got to keep talking about it. Yeah, I know it doesn't make them happy. The government's going to jump all
0: over your head, Jimbo.
1: Let them jump because we're not shutting up anytime soon.
0: You got some big testicles to pull this off, bro.
1: Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fala. fired up to bring this next guest under the radio mistletoe. That sounds like an H.R. violation, but it's a solid joke. We're buddies. Uh, He is the founder, the executive director of Power the Future, and he has a fascinating new list out of the 2022 Energy Countdown Heroes and Zeros here to reveal some of the winners and losers. Uh, Daniel Turner is in the house. Hey, girl. (laughs)
6: Hey, <laughs> Jimmy, it is always great to be on your program. Thank you, sir.
1: You know what I like about my intros is I know the guests don't know where they're going to go, but neither do I, and that's what makes them fun.
6: And that's what makes your show fun, right? I mean, if if, if you're that scripted, how how boring is that, right? Oh. I mean, as, I mean, if you want scripted, just go listen to Chuck Schumer on the Senate floor. Oh. Right? I mean, but if you can't ad-lib a little, I mean, and have yeah. some personality, then you wouldn't be in the position
4: you are right
1: Th- now. Thank you. Thank you. You know, in NASCAR, they say drive it like you stole it. You know, and yep. that has absolutely been my M.O. from word one when somebody was crazy enough to put me on the air is you really got to You treat it all like it's a rental car. You just beat it up good and bring it back. <laughs> tip the guy a 20 and hope they'll still rent to you the next day. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. <laughs> every, every day I walk out of here, I tip the head of radio 20 bucks. <laughs> I'm like, here, thanks. It's, a, it's got a half a tank in it. Thank you. I'm kidding. Uh, Merry Christmas. Uh I know we are uh, coming towards the end of the year in the energy business. I saw your list today, and I had to discuss yeah. this with you. So we are at day 10. Is that what I am to believe?
6: Yes. Um, we wanted to do like the 12 days of Christmas, and so mm-hmm. we wanted to do 12 heroes and zeros mm-hmm. and highlight all those people who contribute to the energy conversation for good or for ill. Mm-hmm. Now, right off the bat, we got to say if there was a 12 days of talk radio heroes i mean you would top that list There's Whoa. No doubt about it. But we're just talking energy here yeah, so but just we, yeah
1: so but i you're telling me i am the partridge in a pear tree of radio
6: ab- absolutely absolutely right. and all those drummers are drumming for you my friend
1: oh daniel turner you're such you sure know how to treat a girl okay well let's continue this conversation <laughs> well you butter me up uh but let's talk about it we're, we're we're at day 10 okay and this is just energy just take it from there tell us anything you want
6: yeah. Well, day 10 is a zero day. We're, we're going back and forth. We're flip-flopping okay. you know, like Republicans when it comes to spending. We're flip-flopping, mm-hmm. and right now we are on a zero day. Mm-hmm. And who is we, – actually, we have two zeros today. And who are great zeros than, of course, uh, John Kerry and Gina McCarthy? Oh, Those man. are the unelected, unconstitutional. No one knows who's on their budget. No one knows their staff. No one knows what these folks do, but they have enormous power. One of them loves to travel around the world on his wife's dead husband's ketchup plane, <laughs> and and we just want to know, like, where does your power come from, and and who's and, and and what what treaties are you signing our nation up to? And so, yeah, for two people who no one elected, boy, do they wield an awful lot of power. Ruthlessly, by the way, ruthlessly. Um, a good lesson for people on the right who get power. Uh, Instead, we capitulate and try to make deals with the left when we get power. All
1: the time. And when you're talking about uh, John Kerry, he really is like the environmental version of Fauci, you know, an unelected bureaucrat that has such a detrimental impact on the economy, on the country, Mm -hmm. on the energy sector. And as you said, unelected. And just so everybody understands, when you say his wife's dead husband's ketchup plane, his wife is, of course, married into the Heinz fortune, Correct.
6: Yes, just... yes, to Senator John Hines, who from the multi-billion-dollar Hines family, and he uh, tragically passed away. And uh, his widow then married John Kerry. And you know what? Kudos to him, man. Everyone should marry uh, a widow or a widow who's got billions of dollars <laughs> of her name. It's a good way to make a buck, you know. And when you are someone like John Kerry with really no uh, accomplishments. Um, really no talent, right? His talent is his name. Um, And he's, you know, wiggled himself into senator from Massachusetts to secretary of state. And now he's the world climate czar. Uh, Again, it's uh, remarkable for somebody who is not just so talentless, but really a very loathsome uh, individual. So Uh, kudos to him.
1: I'll know for sure. We're talking to Daniel Turner, the executive director of Power the Future. Uh, giving uh, some backhanded compliments to John Kerry. Yeah. I remember back when I was a cab driver, there was a local radio host who always used to call him a horse-faced jackass. Yeah.
5: <laughs> I was like, wow, that's good, aggressive. Good
6: explanation.
5: i like,
1: well, that's you know, aggressive. I
5: mean, it's,
6: it's, it is very aggressive, well, but it's accurate. Yeah, well, that's why – go ahead. I was going to say I was on a Twitter rampage earlier about that god-awful song that's almost 40 years old by that group Band-Aid. You know that do they know it's Christmas? Yep, the one that is as soon as it's on the radio, you try your hardest to flip the station. Um, (laughs) But that was written about the famine in Ethiopia Mm -hmm. um, and the famine in Africa. And, And John Kerry's Green Policies enslave millions of children around the world. Um, Because they are working in cobalt mines and lithium mines and copper mines to get all of these raw materials to go green. The cost of going green means that right now the slave trade is worse than it was when we literally had a slave trade. Before the Civil War, um, and Bono hasn't said a damn thing about it, right? No one's no. written a song. John Kerry still goes around the world and talks about being green, and yet forty years ago we wrote that again, god awful song about <laughs> famine. So you know, famine is not famine is very sexy. Slavery we just kind of turned a blind eye to, and John Kerry is the is, is leading the world slave trade with his policies. So uh, it, he's a zero in my book.
1: Well, it's it's crazy to think. So you're telling me if they made Feed the World today, it would be. Uh, when they go on break,
2: <laughs> feed the
1: yeah, world. Exactly. If they
6: get a break, right? <laughs> I don't think there's OSHA in in the Congo. <laughs> you know, and those six-year-olds with their little tiny fingers, they can, they can dig into rocks a lot better than adults can. And, uh, you know, I'm making light of it, that I know, awful, but it's true. But honest,
1: You're not wrong. No, no, no. Listen absolutely. to me. Absolutely. One thing that needs to be said is I, I don't live in that world where the people trying to draw attention to the actual human suffering of the bad guys. You know how they – because no. we, like, we do that in this world. You get mad at the comedian for making a joke. Uh, like, I, I, somebody, somebody said to me something once. Somebody sent me a message – I made a joke about Prince Andrew on the air. And they were like, oh, I, you know, I, I can't believe you're, make, you're, make, you're laughing about this. whole." I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. If you have anger for me making a joke about the situation, but none for the guy doing the horrible thing. Exactly. <laughs> That's where we lost our way. You joking about children hoping they can get a swing set in the break room for Christmas, but me having to remind you that those kids don't even get breaks is not the indignity they're suffering. The indignity they're not listening to this radio show is the fact that they're too busy working and that's what's so dumb because this is the thing you know when me and you talk about this specifically slave labor being you know deployed by the Chinese communist government okay everything that we hold America hostage over took place in this country 200 years ago and Mm -hmm. all of the people holding us hostage over what we did 200 years ago are blindly empowering places around the world where all of those indignities are taking place today.
6: Absolutely. It's a brilliant point you make. And the very people who are leading the green revolution, that we have to go green, climate change is real. I guarantee you they are also waving Black Lives Matter flags. I guarantee you they are calling for the removal of every statue of every founding father who who was a slave owner. Um, and they just don 't see how all the dots align right I, uh, and i 'm not being hyperbolic when mm-hmm. I said the slave trade worldwide now is worse than it was when we literally had a worldwide slave trade before the Civil War. Um, you know also on that list, and the same note is, is the Prince and Princess of Wales, William and Kate you know they just had that huge party in Boston <laughs> not long ago for the Earth Prize, and everyone walked the red carpet, and Kate wore a green dress because it was green, and she wore you know God knows how many millions of dollars in. Diamonds that used to belong to her mother or her grandmother-in-law. And, and everyone said, this is great. We're raising all this awareness for climate change. But again, their agenda is enslaving children in Africa and, and Will's six times great-grandfather. Now, we're no fan of that man because his name is George III, and we had a revolution against him. Mm-hmm. But we will say this. George III outlawed slavery, and he sent thousands of British seamen to die On the high seas to stop the worldwide slave trade. And here is his six times great grandson who is building up the worldwide slave trade again by saying we all have to go green. We need wind and solar. So Will and Kate are also zeros on our book. I don't care how hot she is or how big her diamonds are. Zeros. (laughs) Daniel Turner. Does this mean you're Team Harry? No, oh god. I am I'm team neither of those of those people. I don't want to, you know, we fought a revolution for a reason <laughs> and I could care less about them. I would like to know quite frankly, a little bit unrelated, I want to know what kind of visa Harry has mm. because just because you marry an American in your own country doesn't mean you get to come and live in America indefinitely. Yeah. So I don't how the hell is this guy. Well, I guess everyone's here illegally. So what do we know? Nobody
1: cares. Nobody um, cares. They're not listening. No one cares. Nobody. America. We now live in the in the college bar that doesn't check ID. I say this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you live. You don't live in a country. You live in a college bar. Anybody's welcome. Come on down. Just, you know, pay the money. Or don't pay the money. Yeah, the only real difference between us and the college bar is the college bar doesn't give you a stimulus check when you get there.
6: Legit. Exactly. Yeah, I used to go to Sunnyside uh, where the college bars would allow us in at, you know, the ripe old age of 14 back in the day. <laughs> um, but they didn't pay for my drink. So yeah, I still had to put those... Those quarters on the counter myself and order that beer.
1: Oh, that's funny. Well, I can tell you that here at Fox, a lot of us uh, who grew up on Long Island and went to Long Island colleges, we used to go in uh, Uniondale, uh, Hofstra University, at a bar called McKeeb's that had nickel beer night. And uh, yeah, nickel beer night's like a hell of a bargain when you're a college kid with no money, but you actually pay double in the long run because the thing about the nickel beer night is they're not exactly throwing a lot of energy into cleaning the taps when they're turning over those five-cent bottles of beer, you know what I mean? (laughs) Drafts of beer. It's great. It's great weight loss mechanism, though. If <laughs> you're looking to lose some money, it's
6: beer and some E. coli. Yeah. with that beer. Uh,
1: that's fun. yeah. I'm gonna have the Ebola light. Do you have that on draft <laughs> or just in bottle? <laughs> if anybody needs me, I'll be in the potty for a month and a half. It's not good. <laughs> Uh, where is where is Christmas finding you? Are You on the farm in the mountains? Where are you going to be? I,
6: I am on the farm in the mountains here in rural Virginia, and um, and yes, so I'm staying local. And it's snowing pretty hard because of, of course, climate change. So <laughs> we will probably have a white Christmas here in in the in the Virginia Blue Hills. Yo, hold um, on. Did we?
1: Did you see? I don't know if you saw this guy. I don't mean to cut you off, but you said climate change. I was on outnumbered the other day. And I, the story we were covering, I thought of you, uh, and you might have shot your TV when you saw it. Was CBS blaming the airline turbulence on climate change? Did you see that one? Yes, was I that did. the greatest? Pull out of my de- chair, <laughs> I was not outnumbered, and I laughed so hard. I was like, "Wait, what? You can just say anything now if you want climate change,
6: anything." Yep,
5: that
6: is- absolutely. And you know what? That story is an example for those of us who are on planes a lot, and boy, am I on a plane a lot. They do tell you when you sit back down, put your seatbelt on because you never know when you get unexpected turbulence. Well, everyone who got hurt on that plane wasn't hurt from climate change they got hurt because none of them had their seatbelts on and sure enough they flew up and hit the ceiling now i feel bad for them and that's pretty scary mm-hmm. i'm not going to say i probably would have chuckled a little bit after i stopped screaming <laughs> but put your seat belts on when you sit back down
1: uh i mean it's pretty simple stuff dan turner pretty simple stuff but uh nobody listens well merry christmas ho 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 uh and if you know if you're in santa's sleigh put your seat belt on for that as well right you know santa's sleigh could probably a turbulence <laughs>
6: Well, climate change turbulence, absolutely.
1: Yeah, well, that's it. (laughs) There's that. These poor reindeer. reindeer. (laughs) That's so funny. Oh, what a dumb time to be alive. Uh, Well, listen, man, uh, it's been a great year having you on the show. Uh, We'll do this again in 2023.
6: Always a pleasure, Jimmy. And Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you and your family and your wonderful listeners.
1: Oh, ho, ho, ho. My man. There he goes. The great Daniel Turner. There we go back after this.
0: The critics have spoken. Well, that was different. Yep, lousy, but But different. different. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I can't
2: fight this. So fat I cannot see my toes, but I can't fight this eating anymore, I've forgotten what I ate the day before, it's time to skip the gym and hit the store.
1: Fox Across America, the holiday season is upon us. And when it comes to the old fork and knife, oh, your radio buddy's getting carried away.
5: This could be a problem.
1: Now, to my credit, I have to be on TV New Year's Eve, so I'm kind of holding my life together because I don't want to look like a talking ham on television. Uh, That being said, this is always a precarious time for a guy like me. And if you're out there, you have my sympathies because there's nothing on earth... I want to do more than eat. I grew up in a food family. I grew up in one of those families that uh, expresses its love and appreciation for one another through weapons-grade portion sizes. That's what I come from. Um, You know, big. My mom is a lunatic. She does not have dinner. She has a hazing ritual. She forces food on you. She yells at you to eat the food. It's not, hey, dinner's ready. It's not come and get it. It's, hey, aren't you going to eat? I got all this food. What the hell's wrong with you? Come on, man.
0: I'll break you in half like a little toothpick.
1: She starts throwing, you know, meatballs at you in the living room. Like, ow. Oh, come on. I'm wearing white. What are you doing? Okay, nonstop. I come from a big eating family. And right now I am attempting to be the first person in the history of my family to lose a single pound in the month of December. It's never been done before. And uh, right now I'm actually down. I've eaten good all month, but we're at December 22nd, folks. And let's be very clear. I am a total fraud. If I were to sit this out on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, I'm going to eat within an inch of my life for those two holidays and just try to play some defense the rest of the way. But man, I can feel it. Like you can feel the storm brewing. And that song parody might have just put me over the top. It's not good, man. All I want to do is eat. Don't you have any respect for yourself? No. No, I don't. But I've ordered the New Year's clothes. Listen, man, if you're going to wear a gold tuxedo on TV, that's what I wore last year, it's got to fit. Okay? You look ridiculous enough, okay, in a gold tuxedo, uh, you know, if it fits fine let alone if it doesn't fit at all. So I still have some defense to play. Uh, but if you're listening out there, you know, I always give you this sermon about how you're in the fun business and, you know, you die tomorrow, you wish you had more fun. If food is your fun, man, go eat. Yeah, you know, we can go on a diet together in January. Do not play defense during the holidays. This is when you pull the goalie and go all in. One hundred percent. And that's exactly what we're going to be doing in the next hour uh, on the radio side. Andy Biggs is coming by from the Fighting Fifth Congressional District of Arizona. The Biggs man is one of the holdouts in Congress. Doesn't want Kevin McCarthy to be the speaker. Doesn't want Congress to spend one point seven trillion without reading the bill. Jake Tapper, to give you a preview, basically called him a part of a band of flying monkeys. Clip 32.
4: This is the exact irony. The reason that Senate Republicans are Coming into this deal with the devil, in their view, is because they look at Kevin McCarthy and his gang of flying monkeys. He's like, they're not going to be able to legislate.
2: <laughs> what? You shut your mouth,
1: you bastard. So basically his claim is some Republicans are going along with this because they know it's better than what McCarthy's going to do? Now, that's not the God's honest truth. The reason some Republicans are going along with this is because while they run on fiscal responsibility and managing our savings, they get to Washington and quickly expose the fact that they're completely full of...
0: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: Here we go, here we go. Comedy Alive from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy-top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon getting ready for a wild one. In this hour, Andy Biggs from the Fighting Fifth Congressional District of Arizona stops by to push back on this claim that the omnibus spending bill is a good thing for America.
2: Lying to
1: us oh are they ever 4100 pages no one's even read the thing and they're all getting ready to pass it so they can go home for the holidays
2: this is total crap
1: is it ever and we're gonna get into it at 888-788-9910 we are now one day closer to christmas santa's coming Uh, Bring a couple of reindeer. Uh, I think the gifts are going to be a little bit lighter this year, given the inflation. Thanks for ruining Christmas, Joe. But we bring up Joe, not just because of inflation, but because apparently, according to a new book and a new report in Politico. Now, Politico is pretty left-wing. They're not exactly Mar-a-Lago monthly. But Politico, uh, previewing a new book called The Fight of His Life by author Chris Whipple which examines the first few years of the Biden presidency. As you know, Biden sworn in uh, January the 20th, 2021.
3: I don't remember that ever happening.
1: But it did. And uh, this fella has written a memoir about it. And according, OK, according okay, to the book, Joe Biden does not only detest Kamala Harris, but he's not a big fan of her husband either.
3: What in God's name is he doing?
1: Fascinating stuff. And I want to understand. When everybody, somebody puts out a book about you know a prominent political figure, okay, 99% of the time they're putting the juiciest stuff in the excerpts because they want you to buy the book. And 99% of the time the stuff is unsubstantiated. If it's juicy, if it's a wild quote, 99% of the time we really have no way of knowing whether or not it's true. Unless it's a book about Trump – In which case, to be honest with you, it's either 100% made up or it's 100% straight out of Trump's mouth. Because he sits down with authors and is willing to talk for hours and hours on end. Okay? He has cooperated with about 23 books about himself since leaving office.
4: That can't be good. Well,
1: we'll see how it plays out. But the point is Trump is always available. You know, whether you like him or you hate him. You know, I was always fascinated back in the day that everybody was trying to dig up dirt on the guy. I'm like, he gives you the dirt. He tweets the dirt. He goes on TV and he says whatever he feels, whoever controversial, right to the reporter's face. There's a slob. There's a real slob. That's right there. You don't care. Someone asked him a hard question or an unfair question. he'll. You ought to be ashamed of Secretary- yourself. You know, he does not care. OK, to his credit. Biden, who does, who has a much more protective media cocoon around him, he has done less media interviews than any president in history at this point in their term by a margin of about 100 interviews. Biden sat, technically speaking, for seven interviews last year, and all seven of them had scripted questions and topics that were chosen ahead of time. Biden's lost his marbles. I don't know if he ever had them. But the point is, he's being protected in a media cocoon because any objective observer would tell you,
2: We have a president that is clearly not all
1: there. But in his passing moments of seniency, according to this political report, understand, political exists to get Democrats elected. Politico exists to tell you everything's fine. And if it's not fine, it's because racist white people on the right are ruining it for you. That's how political work. That's how the democratic media ethos works. Okay? Everything's great. And if it's not great, uh, racist, white people, white privilege, MAGA. That's what they do. It's stupid. But this is the world we're living in. They're children. They've completely infantilized the world. Everyone is bereft of critical thought, unable to think and venture outside their intellectual uh, echo chambers that they all occupy. But Politico writes that word got back to Biden that second gentleman Douglas Emhoff had been complaining about Harris's policy portfolio, which her allies felt was hurting her politically. Oh, boo hoo. Oh, they gave me the tough assignments, Kamala complained. Her husband complained. Yo, if you're second in line to the presidency, okay, a job that does not allow you to determine which assignments wind up on your desk, I don't want to hear a damn thing about, oh, I had a tough day, Oh, it's not so good for me with the politics. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. (laughs) These people are embarrassing. Embarrassing. Everybody's a victim. I'll give you a Michelle Obama clip while the time I'm done screaming like a lunatic. I ate the good Tide Pods today. I'm on the 5 at 5 p.m. I'm filling in for Gutfeld. He was supposed to be here, but they couldn't get a kid seat in the taxi. I'll be on Hannity tonight at 9 o'clock as well. But right now, I'm just ranting like a loon with you. Why? Because we're living in the death of shame. Okay, so the Harris family, who want you to believe they're qualified, they're qualified to be president someday. (laughs) Okay, but they're complaining about the assignments because they're hurting her politically. So when she thinks of the southern border, she's not thinking about how do I, I don't know, solve the problem and stop the flow of fentanyl that's become the leading cause of adult death in America. She's not thinking about that. She's not thinking about, oh, 30 percent of the women get sexually assaulted. She's not thinking about the millions of children that have been sold into child prostitution because of her indifference at the southern border. She's thinking about what?
2: Her poll numbers. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that.
1: Filthy mind. According to the book, Biden was annoyed when he heard she was complaining about her assignments. He felt as though he hadn't asked Harris to do anything he hadn't done as vice president himself, and she'd begged him for the voting rights assignment. So basically, what she wanted to do is she wanted to get on TV every day and yell racism. I'm a woman of color, racism. That's what she wanted to do. That's the playbook. It's the easiest gig on the schedule. It's Democrats have gotten so lazy from it. It's now become a detriment to them. Calling somebody a racist used to stop traffic in America. What the hell did you just say? In fact, it was frowned upon. They'd be like, oh, so-and-so just played the race card. Shame on you to invoke racism when there's clearly a substantive ground to be criticizing people for. But somehow, okay... 20 years ago when you didn't play the race card because it was shunned because it looked cheap and everybody knew it. We now applaud the praying of the race card. It's now a coveted assignment in Washington because it had become effective for a long time.
2: Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally.
1: But now the race card did become a little ineffective In that the facts just don't bore it out. Like they told you Georgia's voter ID law was worse than Jim Crow. It was Jim Crow on steroids.
3: This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in in Georgia.
1: But what happened? That law, that was Jim Crow on steroids. Jim Crow, an era where they beat people up so they didn't vote. Burnt their houses down so they were scared to go to the polls. Biden wanted you to believe this was worse than that.
2: This guy's a serious ass.
1: Of course he is. But again, Jim Crow on steroids, as he called the law, resulted in the highest voter turnout in the history of the state of Georgia.
2: Oh, wow.
1: They so shamelessly play the race card, and that's what Kamala wanted to do. She wanted voting rights. She wanted to get out there and yell racism every day. That's what she wanted to do. Understand, according to the author, Biden also confided in a friend that he saw Harris as a Work in progress. Just saying something coming from Biden, the only guy who quits talking in the middle of a sentence because he's finished.
3: You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh,
1: I mean, think about this. According to the reporting, OK, uh, and a senior White House advisor blamed the vice president stumbling on advice given to her by her inner circle saying Harris's inner circle didn't serve her well in the presidential campaign and they're ill-serving her now. So it's not, you know, Kamala's fault. It's the fact that the advisors, okay, they're not doing a good job. And what does that tell you? That tells you they don't view her as being able to think for herself. She doesn't have that capability. Oh, no, you don't understand. She's getting bad advice from her advisors. Yo, leadership is not about reading the room. Leadership It's about leading the room. Don't read, lead. Bottom line. Okay, another excerpt from the book explores the White House reaction following the U.S.'s disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, saying, quote, The book captures White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain's anger at the public and private critiques of Biden's withdrawal from Afghanistan by Leon Panetta, former Chief of Staff to Bill Clinton, who also served as CIA Director and Defense Secretary under Barack Obama. Most of the media want you to believe everything's been running smoothly in the Biden White House. This book seemingly tells a different story. Does it ever? Okay, I I know Biden hates Kamala. Why? Because during the run-up to the presidential election, when they were both candidates for president, Kamala went out and said she believed Joe Biden's sexual assault accuser Tara Reid, said this man is a rapist. You know what else she said? Joe Biden hung out with segregationists. Joe Biden was the reason a little girl like her had a hard time getting onto school buses in the 70s because segregationist dirtbags like Biden were in the way of integrated busing. She said this, the man is a rapist, he's a segregationist. And then Biden was like, how would you like to be vice president? And she was like,
2: oh hell yes I would. She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. This
1: is the one thing you have to give the Bidens credit for. You could dislike them. The guy's been in Washington since Washington, okay? They are political survivors. Grifters, yes, they've sold a lot of influence in our government through their son, Hunter. Understand, there is no market for any of the money Hunter Biden has made without Joe Biden's position in our government. Like, let me give you an example. Joe Biden's the vice president of the United States. A Ukrainian power company called Burisma is negotiating an energy deal in our country. They need our money. They need our government to help them. So what did they do? They put Biden's son, who doesn't speak the language, who has no background in the energy industry. Amish people know more about energy than Hunter Biden, unless you count cocaine, which is good for energy from what the strippers told me back in my 20s. But stick with me. Okay, Hunter Biden gets a million dollar a month gig on a Ukrainian power company while his dad is the sitting vice president of the United States. That is the market. Okay, Hunter Biden now selling paintings for a half a million a pop, despite having no formal following on the art market. That's his opening price. He's getting more than like a Monet was getting out of the gate because his dad is the sitting president of the United States. They are survivors. They are grifters. They are influence peddlers. And as dumb as they are and as inept as they can be, they do know how to work the system, and they also know how to insulate themselves. Joe Biden and Jill Biden chose Kamala Harris because of Biden's advanced age. They knew as he got out there and started, you know, getting the state he was in wrong or telling these stories about as vice president he gave his uncle— Think about that. As vice president, I gave my uncle the Medal of Honor for the Battle of the Bulge. His uncle was dead when Biden became the vice president of the United States.
3: This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup.
1: Okay, and everyone knows that. But the reason there's no saber rattling around the 25th Amendment is the Bidens knew when they picked her that she sucked And that as bad as Biden could be, as awful as the country might get, no one was ever going to throw him out of office because of two words. President Kamala. No,
2: God! No, God, please, no! No! No!
0: Critics are calling it the funniest show on the radio. I'm
2: funny how? I mean, funny like I'm
0: a clown, as you? This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I almost had it.
4: Introducing the Biden on the Shelf, the holiday spy that never gets kids in trouble. Oh, no. I broke
3: mommy's favorite vase. I, I don't remember that ever happening. Other
4: elves report back to Santa, but the Biden on the Shelf doesn't know who's in charge.
3: I keep forgetting I'm president. Kids
4: always get ratted out for breaking COVID rules. But with a Biden on the Shelf, you can forget about it. COVID is taken this year.
3: Just since the outbreak, has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, when it's, I mean, think about it. The Biden on the shelf, beating the competition by a nose. Stop
2: sniffing my sister's hair. Come on,
1: man. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Biden on the shelf, not exactly flying off shelves, although the Biden himself flew off his bicycle a couple of times this year. Man, what a time to be alive. Uh, We have some news to report. Uh, Mike, is it confirmed that through a vote of 68 to 29, they have passed the omnibus spending bill? Is that a thing? That is confirmed, yeah. Wow, the omnibus spending bill, $1.7 trillion in unaudited spending. Mostly park has gone through, and you're about to pay for it.
2: Just hold on to your pocketbook. They just put a lien on your money, your savings, and your retirement.
1: Seriously, everybody listening, if you care about the country, call up your local radio station and tell them to hire people who do radio the way I do. Okay, maybe not with, you know... This level of skill and entertainment value and production value like this is the best radio team in the country. I'm not being arrogant. It's just a statement of fact. We just work harder and we're more talented and it means more to us because we're new and this is exciting. Everybody else is loaded and they're rich and they're not trying that hard. It's like think of your favorite band in the world. Their first breakthrough album is always better than their 12th or their 13th. Why? Because they don't have the moral imperative to apply themselves anymore. Okay? We do. We care. Okay, for too long, radio, TV, you know, it's so hyper-partisan that nobody – nobody, okay, is finding common ground. It's usually conservative talk radio as guys not just preaching to an audience that agrees with them, but yelling at them. They're not preaching to the choir. They're yelling at the choir. We need people to get back to a point of being reasonable on the radio because if anything, it'll grow the common sense movement, not the Republican movement, okay? In this moment that we find ourselves in, yes, of course, I support conservative values, unapologetically so, but you're not going to bring people into the tent of common sense by just telling them their ideas are wrong and yours are better. We're past that breaking point now as a country. We need to be at a place of common ground where you can bring people to reason because here's a news flash. We all got screwed today. This $1.7 trillion spending bill. Okay, let's talk about the biggest problems facing America. The number one economic problem is inflation. We just printed and spent $1.7 trillion.
3: Thanks, big government weenuses. For
1: real. And why do I say that? Because this will lead to more inflation. Okay, so did we address the number one economic issue? The answer would be no. Okay. Number two issue, which could be the number one issue, is the southern border. Leading cause of adult death in this country right now is fentanyl, making its way into the country. Does anything in this bill address the southern border? The answer would be no. No. Spent $45 billion on Ukraine's border is what we did. And again, we're not rooting for Putin here. But at some point, you'd like to feel like America is the priority. But why is America not the priority? Because Washington is doing what Washington cares about. They're not doing what the voters care about. Because for too long, politics became an exercise in beating the other guy. Well, as long as we beat those Democrats, rah! No, the Republicans, rah, we gotta get them. And you just get out there and say anything you want, okay? And that's what we did. And now we find ourselves in a situation where 99% of the government can give a rat's ass what you care or what you need as long as they keep getting elected.
0: Correct the mundo!
1: So here's some inside baseball about this song. The greatest woman I know uh, was my, my mom's mom, my grandma Bordenko. And uh, later in life, she was a big smoker. Uh, she got her legs amputated and uh, spent the remaining 15 years of her life in a wheelchair. But as little kids, we used to sing, A Reindeer Got Run Over by Grandma. We used to, you know, make light of the situation. And she could laugh about it. She was a sport. You got to laugh. Everybody in the, ver- in the world is on the verge of snapping right now. Remember the Michael Douglas movie, Falling Down? He's just sitting in traffic. He can't take it anymore, and he just gets out of the car and just goes nuts. That's everybody. Why? Because we've got dirtbags in Washington running this country into the ground. Okay? You're not going to turn things around from a place of rage. You're going to turn them around from a place of reason. You got to be calm. You got to laugh. You got to have fun. You got to play the hand you're dealt. My grandma, who ran over the reindeer, oddly enough, might have been drinking too much eggnog, just as they said in the song, no doubt about it, if you know anything about my family, uh, but was always a, a source, a force multiplier of fun, as is... Her, her daughter, my mom, and my Aunt Fran, they great time gals. Just really fun. And uh, that's what you need to be, especially now. It's a, it's a superpower. It's a coping skill. But it's also the way to bring people to your side of the argument, to your side of the aisle. You know, when you realize all the points I make on the show are not conservative points. They're American points. They're points that should resonate with all Americans. Because the truth is, uh, you know, we are supposed to be teammates. We all live in the same country. We all play for the same team. But sadly now, okay, the team is voters against politicians. Most of what's going on in Washington is going on with its own self-interest in mind, okay? The only people looking out for you were the people who voted against the omnibus spending bill, whoever they are, okay? We'll name names. We'll salute them, okay? Because they put the country's interest first. The people who passed a 4,100-page bill without even time to read it, allocating, you know, billions of dollars worth of pork. That's not right. It's not right. It's not good. So I'm always saying on this show, of course, I'm a conservative, unapologetically so. Proudly American. But I've still got to be willing to criticize a political party if it's not doing my bidding. You don't just say, well, they get a free pass because I'm a part of that. No, it's not what it works. Okay, Mitch McConnell sucks when Mitch McConnell said, you know, the number one priority for Republicans is, you know, funding the war in Ukraine. (laughs) What is it, though? Is anyone any Republican who's worried about like a single mom trying to feed a family or senior citizen on a fixed income going? Yeah, you know, listen, that stuff's important and all. But more importantly, there's a battle over in Ukraine and we're going to send them a Unaudited hundred billion dollars, and once we get that priority, we'll figure out how you guys can stop starving. This, that's not a number one priority? It's not a top ten priority. If you pulled the, if you pulled a country, people would be like, who cares? And it's not to say you shouldn't help. It's not to say you shouldn't wanna. But if you're thirty two trillion dollars in debt, and you're just like, well, here's a hundred billion. What do you want from me? He showed up in a sweatshirt. Here's a hundred billion. Okay, I'm telling you, you're being reckless. You're being irresponsible. And that is, you know, it's not specific to one party. I do a lot of criticizing of the Democrats because they've controlled, you know, all three houses of Congress. So, yes, if you've listened to the show the last two years, you've heard me, you know, yapping a lot about the Democrats because they're the ones in charge. Bottom line, you know, as you look around the country, everything sucks in Mr. Biden's neighborhood. Everything sucks. Okay, crime is bad. Inflation is worse. The fuel crisis artificially in check right now, but gas is still a hell of a whole lot higher than it was when he took office. We're not energy independent the way we were, and we've sold out our energy independence to placate the environmental yahoos in the far left. They're crazy. Not only are they crazy, but they're stupid. They don't understand energy. They tell you they care about pollution. But do you understand we're outsourcing our energy production to countries that cause more pollution than we do? And then we're burning extra fuel just to get that, that fuel back into our country.
3: This is ridiculous.
1: But that's what we're doing. So do you understand? The people on the left have no idea. The people on the left are like, oh, injustice and oppression. All the green energy is coming from slave labor and child labor. All of it. There is more slave trade in, in the world right now in 2022 than there was before the Civil War. That's reality. Okay, and really think about that for a second. We hold America hostage over what it did 200 years ago constantly. Systemic racism, white privilege, that whole thing. But we do that while simultaneously doing business with countries that are perpetrating all of those human rights atrocities right now as we Speak. I admire your honesty. Okay, somebody's got to be honest with you. Dude, I'm a, you know, as broadcasters go with the reach that we have, like, there's not a lot of me out there. There's not. And I'm not saying that like, oh, I'm cool. Whoa. Because I'm not. I'm not an activist. I'm a talk show host. I care about you. I care about your life. I care about the quality of life in this country. A lot of people got rich by catering to one side, yelling and screaming about the other. And, hey, that's entertainment. Drove home from work today, got mad at the liberals. Woo! Did you fix anything? No. Did the guy getting you mad at the liberals fix anything? No. He just told you to vote. And then the election came and went, you didn't get what you wanted, or you did, and he just yelled at the other side again, told you to vote, sold you a book. We're not doing that. It's not a book on sale on this show. And it's not to say that people writing books are bad people, because a lot of the guys, especially on the conservative side, are actually writing really great books that are wildly entertaining. But the point is I am not here for the express purpose of milking my media relevance for all it's worth, okay? I am here because somehow God has graced me with this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and I'm trying to use it as a force multiplier for good in this country, okay? That's what I'm trying to do. There's not a lot of me out there, I promise you. I know everybody. Everybody. Fascinating, man. Crazy. A little old me with his taxi license and his wallets walking around the White House correspondence dinner or hanging out in these big ticket black tie media parties with all the famous people. Really wild, man. But I go there to do recon. I don't go there as like a guy at a party like, hey, it's Jimmy's big night out. (laughs) I actually go there and talk to everybody and Really apply the horse sense that I accumulated in all my time driving a taxi and traveling the country doing stand-up to really kind of peer into you know, the truth of who these people are, whether they're the politicians that represent us or they're the media figures that broadcast to us. Okay, I know everybody now. It's wild, man. And it's wild to know as much as you do and realize, you know, in Washington, the amount of guys that care about you can be counted on maybe two hands, like literally maybe two hands. There's 435 members in Congress. Say, all right, I'll give you this. Okay, let me correct myself. There's 435 members of Congress. 20 of them give a rat's ass about you. 20 of them. Okay, there's 100 people in the Senate. Realistically, I'm, I'm serious, okay? 40 of them care about you. So between the 100 senators, the 435 congressmen, okay, you're not even 100 out of 535 in terms of people who care about you. Most of them care about themselves and nothing else.
2: He's a lousy dad, but he's right.
1: You know, and it's fascinating to know that, and it's what I'm trying to fight through. You know, if I had an activism, you know, because I always say, you know, this is just a talk show. I'm not going to tell you how to vote. But if I had an activist cause, the cause is just like America. If you could actually get people to be like, yo, the way we do politics now is stupid, you know, then maybe you could have an impact. You know, one of the reasons you've heard me criticize Trump on this show quite a bit is because while I think his policies are great for the country, there are moments where he does things uh, to the detriment of that movement, to of his mission, of this country's mission, just the way I'll trash Biden, just the way I'll certainly— Certainly trash a guy like Obama, who was the most overrated president in the history of the country. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. Obama's signature foreign policy accomplishment was giving $50 billion in cash assets to the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the world. You suck! Think about that. The Iranian nuclear deal. We're not even in the deal anymore. And we shouldn't have been in the deal. The non-binding Paris climate change agreement. You know, you could like Obama. Ah, oh, he slow jammed the news on The Tonight Show. That was great. Yeah, it was. Meanwhile, we were paying for weapons to get shot at our own soldiers through the proxy war that Iran fights with us every damn day. These people are terrible at their jobs. OK, I consider being good at my job, not necessarily the reach or how much we laughed or how much fun we had. And believe me, we're doing all of that really well. OK, the things that matter if you're syndicating this show, we are checking the hell out of those boxes. But the thing that matters to me is you. OK, and we need more of that in Washington if we're ever going to have a chance.
0: What can I tell
3: you, kid? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right.
0: It's the show that helps you assemble your presence.
6: No, 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 you're doing it all
0: wrong. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're waiting for Arizona Representative Andy Biggs. They just finished voting in the House of Representatives. He's trying to get off the floor and call in so we can scream at him. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I don't believe that Biggs voted for the bill. But if he did, if you'll never hear him on the show again. I can promise you that. Um, you know, thing about this show is most of the lawmakers you do hear on the program are – it does sound like goofy and good-timey. It's because I've met them on the air and off the air and gotten the sense that they are firm in their convictions. I don't bring on guys who talk to me in talking points for 10 minutes and you just listen to a performance. I bring on guys who tell dirty jokes and say silly things but make a lot of sense on the air and off. That's the priority here. And uh, I got to tell you, when I was looking at you know all the excess pork in this bill, it's really amazing – how brazen it all is. It's most of what the bill is, you know, and they hold us hostage because they say, well, the government's gonna shut down and you wouldn't want the national parks and blah, blah, blah. The government is ruining everything it touches. What is the old Ronald Reagan joke? You know, the scariest language, the you know, words in the English language, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Okay, the government sucks. The reason we're supposed to, okay, thrive in a capitalist system of free enterprise is because the private sector, the free market, fosters competition, necessity being the mother of invention, okay, that competition drives innovation and leads to better products. The reason people who understand free markets hated Obamacare so much is the government, by venturing into the healthcare industry— put its thumb on the scale of that free enterprise and made your health care coverage infinitely worse. Okay, Republicans hated Obama. They knew Obamacare wasn't particularly popular with taxpaying citizens or people who were paying out of pocket for health care or people who were getting it through their employers. So they wanted politically to slander Obama by calling the bill Obamacare. Hey, this is an unpopular bill. Let's pin it to the guy who passed it. We'll call it Obamacare. And while it was an easy branding exercise for Republicans, it actually did them a disservice in the long run because calling it Obamacare fails to highlight the juxtaposition of the bill's true title and the bill's true effect. Okay, the true title of Obamacare, if you remember, was the Affordable Care Act. I agree with that. Yeah, exactly. It was called the Affordable Care Act, and that was the pitch to Obama. It's the Affordable Care Act. We're going to make care affordable to everybody. Tell it like it is. It drove up the cost of insurance by over 300%. Don't
3: be thick, all right?
1: And let's not forget that he told a lot of lies along the way about whether or not the already insured people would be able to keep their doctors. If you like your doctor, you will be able to keep your doctor, Period. You're a
4: bald-faced
1: liar, a liar. Well, if you liked your doctor, were you able to keep your doctor? The answer would be no. PolitiFact, to their credit, gave it their lie of the year. And Republicans, because it was a lie and because he was unpopular and because he lost a record number of seats for his party in the midterms, called it Obamacare. Uh, blame Obama, you don't like the care. But what they needed to do, to get through to both sides. This is the problem with politics. Everybody's catering to one side. Well, the people who like these issues. How about you just cater to the whole damn country and we prioritize a greater good? And some of us compromise a little bit on certain issues, but we never compromise on our God-given rights. That's what you're supposed to do. And if you prioritized that approach, you would have called it the Affordable Care Act because the truth of the Affordable Care Act is that it made care very Unaffordable. There are white folks, and then there are ignorant mother like you. I'm sure he feels that way. But that's the reality. Think about this. Jenny Phelan needed to get her appendix out. And it was cheaper for us to drop our health insurance and pay out of pocket than it was to pay the $3,000 copay in our Cadillac plan in addition to the monthly premium and then have the rates go up just the same. So we literally dropped our health insurance. To make care more affordable. Is that an improvement in health care? The answer would be no. Of course not. And it was brought to you by who? The federal government.
3: We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing.
1: No nice way to say it. Joining us now on the line is a guy who claims he knows what he's doing, but he's agreed to come on this show. So how much does he really know? Uh, He's from the Fighting Fifth Congressional District of Arizona. Representative Andy Biggs has two minutes. Hey, man.
5: Hey, hey, Jimmy. Great to be with you. Sorry. Sorry. I'm a member of Congress. I was (laughs) dialing the wrong number.
1: (laughs) Well, Um, well, it sounds like everybody dialed the wrong number on this omnibus, Bill.
5: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad stuff, you know. Um, uh, So I was trying to call Zelensky's uh, dry cleaner to pick up his suit for (laughs) him.
1: Well, didn't you hear my story on Twitter or no?
5: I did. I did. I was going to steal a joke, but we're almost, you know, he said we only have two minutes. I was going to tell that joke as if it was mine to see reaction. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was hilarious.
1: Biggs, it's um, probably true. Zelensky showed up to Congress in a, in, in a sweatshirt because a member of the Biden administration stole his suitcase.
5: It's, of course it's true. Oh, of course. Biggs. Yeah. Listen. Oh, my gosh.
1: Merry Christmas uh, and ho, ho, ho and yes, happy Hanukkah and everything else you're going to celebrate. Really quickly, you've said this to me in the past. We've got a minute to go. Most of Washington cares about most of Washington. I consider you one of the few people who cares about most of America. Uh, Could there be anything better for Christmas than truly being able to drain the swamp?
5: No. No, and there's so many ways. Right. You know, we should be basically um, saying no to the omnibus bill. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and now, guess what we 're hearing that Biden might not be able to get the omnibus bill signed by the end of business on the twenty third so they 're going to run a a, a short term c r to the thirtieth oh, to give him time that 's the rumor mm-hmm. i don 't know if that 's true, but oh. that shows how incompetent this whole joint is, and oh, you 're we 're being trusted with trillions of dollars crazy and uh it's 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 going to be the destruction of this country you get it, it really is
1: listen i spent my 20s investing in blackjack and fast women i'm not exactly an expert on fiscal responsibility but even <laughs> i know a bad bill when i see one hey happy holidays my friend merry christmas ho 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 You too. we'll do it in 2023
5: there he goes there we go see you tomorrow to wrap it up